Close the Loop is your marketing and sales podcast dedicated to growing your business and proving it along the way. Hosted by Kevin Deeney and joined by various guests and subject matter experts. No need to take notes. Just visit the show page on callsource.com to read the transcripts, watch the episodes, or get any links mentioned in the show. Hi, welcome to the Close the Loop podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Deeney. And today, we're going to be talking about how businesses create great content. To help us dive into this awesome episode, I have a former colleague of ours and close friend. Her name is Cassie Siaprina. Cassie is the content manager at Mary Roots, which is a vitamin and supplement company, and was previously the marketing content specialist here at CallSource for three years. So we know each other fairly well. Cassie has a BA in English and MFA in creative writing and has been working in content marketing for over five years. So welcome, Cassie. Hi, happy to be here. Hey, Kevin. Yeah, this is great. We've uh, been waiting to get you on here. And this is one of those topics I thought you'd be able to really help me out with, which is you know how small businesses can make great content, which kind of puts us in the discussion about process, like how they actually make it. Having the process is fine, but you want to make great content. So there, so those th- putting those things together is such a puzzle and such a difficult thing. So why is that so difficult for companies to figure out? Yeah, and I think even a step before that is uh, what I've seen in small businesses is why should I even create content? What does that even mean? A lot of small businesses may think, you know, I'm just I'm getting through my day to day. I'm just getting through each day. And what is content going to do for me? I get referrals or, you know, basing some of their business on that. And content doesn't always have a direct like ROI that you could measure, which I think is another barrier of why people may not think it's important to focus on content. But of course, I believe in content marketing (laughs) and uh, I highly believe that having a good content marketing strategy will help your business in the long run. It might be smaller, slower, incremental changes, but it'll make your life easier in the long run and it will hopefully help you acquire more customers. That's great. Yeah. So, and you mentioned something really important that we probably should cover, right? So let's really ground things. And that is what is content or or maybe better, what are the different formats that content can take? What format does content take and, and what is it exactly? Yeah. So obviously having a website that has content for you, I would hope by 2022 that any business has a website, at least like a most basic one that they could do. So having a website and having at least a homepage that explains your business and about us page, that's like very basic, straightforward. From there, I always recommend that you have a blog and That might seem overwhelming to some people, but you don't have to post on your blog every day or have, you know, so much, even if you're posting at least once a month on a blog that you have some content on there, as well as having social media profiles. So you have to know your audience and your customer profile, who's going to be using your company and not just who's historically been, but you have to also keep in mind millennial age, Gen Z. If you're if you're a plumber, 
you know, you could have 20 year olds that need your services. So you're not just going to that one demographic. So where, where are your audiences online? Like, are they on Facebook? Do you have a lot of people in that age range? I would say Facebook is a lot of like, uh, 30 to 50 or 30, 60, a little higher age range, Instagram, TikTok would be like the very new, which you don't have to get start with that. That's getting a little, but at least have like a Facebook, an Instagram, maybe a Twitter and share on those as well. Get people to follow you. You can make infographics, a YouTube. I always recommend if you make one piece of content, repurpose, repurpose, repurpose. So if you have a blog, make that into a video, make that into a little infographic, send that out in an email. Um, yeah, I might be getting ahead of myself <laughs> here with going into that. No, it's great. The, the types of content vary, but with content, you have to think about, okay, I'm, I'm making something, right? There's a purpose behind it. To me, everything that you make, you want to also be thinking, okay, well, I'm going to make this, but how am I going to promote this? I'm not just going to write this and save it as a Word doc on my computer. <laughs> it's got to be written and then put out there somewhere. Like a website is one format, one place that uh, a lot of content may go because, you know, you think, oh, okay, a lot of people are going to go through there. Also, like you mentioned, there's, okay, there's lots of different customers or consumers or patients or whatever it is that may be looking up their questions, maybe looking up the types of services that way they'll find me. So wherever they go, wherever they are, what kind of, you know, message or what content basically are you, you going to make? So when you promote it, that's almost to me as important as the creation of it, because you create it knowing, okay, I'm going to want to diversify it in multiple places. Or at least I'm going to be making this and I'm going to put it into this format. Social media is what we're talking about as like a promotional channel. Those are far and wide reaching, but there's a lot of other types of promotional channels. So if you're planning on, oh, I'm going to make something, consider, okay, I'm going to promote it as much and as widespread as I can. If that's a local community event, a direct mailer I'm going to send out on a website post, I'm going to put it in my Google My Business, I'm going to put it on social media. There's a lot of uh, places to put it which is another thing the business to figure out, right? Where are my consumers? To make great content, you have to understand your consumers really well. So do you have any tips for breaking that down? Like, okay, I kind of know who we typically sell to. I kind of know my typical, maybe my target audience, but to go from that to making great content for them, do you have any tips for that? Yeah, understanding who your customer base is and who they really are, not to who you, who you think they are. I would just hope that you have some data on every time you have someone. But if you could look into what types of people and where are they online or offline, if you're doing traditional marketing, discovering what types of things would they be reading in their regular time outside of here? Or if they are looking for my business, what would they be searching for? What's their intent there? Again, I'll just go back to a plumber example. <laughs> if if someone is going to find you, what might might they search for first? They might put, why is my toilet leaking? Why is my sink dripping? <laughs> These are bad Like, no, not, I mean, that's what I would think. I don't really know a lot about plumbing. So you're going to have to go to like a very high level of what your 
customers or patients would be searching for to even find you in the first place, maybe even before they get to fully like needing your services, you want them to find content that you've written that will help their intent, their search intent. So like you said, having a blog article, first you'd want to think, yeah, what are the questions that you get already when people call in? You could help yourself by making content out of that so you're not repeating the same things over and over. Or if you're going to someone's house and you have technicians going there, what questions are they getting? Get that information from them. And that's an easy way to start making some content for your blog, which then should help with some organic search terms because there should be highly searchable things that they can come across you. Even like you said, sending something in direct mail. If you're sending out coupons, say, in Valpack or something like that, how could you like tie some content into there? Or, you know, QR codes are a big thing now, like get them back to your website. Basically, that's just going to show that you're a more reputable company. You know what you're talking about. And people should want to use you because they already have a little bit of trust in you from the content. The element of trust is huge. And so if we take that a little step further, just so we can like really break that down too, is why does, let's say an article or a video or something that a business puts out there to help people with their problems or help people with an issue that they're encountering, with the fear they have, with the doubt, with, you know, wondering, why should I use a company? Why do I need help with this? Do I even have a problem with this? Okay, I'm aware I have a problem, but I don't know what the solutions are. And okay, I know that there's, I have, I know that plumbers exist and I know I have a leaky pipe. So which plumber am I going to use? And what criteria should I use to make those choices? How does content help with trusting a business? Yeah, well, I'd say if you're putting out quality content that's answering the questions that your consumers may have about a service that you provide, then you're already one foot like in the door, getting them one foot in the door by showing like, hey, you have this problem. Look, I'm helping you for free. And that's the thing too. Content marketing should be like free, accessible content for people to see that you're providing. So you're already giving them a little something. So then hopefully they'll give you something. If you have, you know, all these blog articles or YouTube videos or social posts helping, giving tips for them to do things on their own, when they really have a problem that's a little further than that, they're going to be like, oh, I saw this article by so-and-so and, and, you know, they helped me out. So they'll probably, it just makes you feel like you, you know that brand a little bit kind of helps you stay top of mind. And it's not just in the sea of everyone else. You're going to have competition out there that does the same thing as you. So what are you going to give to get people to want to go with your business? Yeah, that's a really interesting point too. In the sea of your, let's say your industry, your company, locally, let's, let's say you're a local company. There's a geographic line around some area that you typically serve. So in that range, there's probably competitors. I mean, if you're a monopoly, fantastic. So you're a business in that range, you have some competitors. So are they doing content? Where are they doing it? How are they doing it? You can possibly one up their, you know, the quality of what they're doing. A lot of times I look at it like, instead of trying to make a better video than they did, I look at it like, 
is the video really answering the question, delivering the value? And by value, I mean like, is someone who watches this getting out of it what they need? And so I think it's almost better competitively, competitive content wise, to try to compete on quality, like deliver something that's a better value, more relevant, more specific. You may say, okay, I've, I've jotted down all the questions customers have, and it's like 25 or 30 or something. I, I would almost go, okay, well, are they specific enough? Let's say the question of like, do plumbers fix leaky pipes? And be like, obviously, yes. But you may be like, okay, well, let's, let's take that a step further and go, do plumbers fix leaky pipes for residential or for homes or, you know, 24 seven or in the middle of the night, there might be other angles to it that make it more specific. So if your competitor is like, okay, I got these 10 answers and they're like ranking really well for them, or that seems to be working out well for them. And it's really a competition for you. I might be like, Hmm, how could we one up that content? So do you have any other ideas for that? Yeah. And like you said, quality is really important because I've seen, especially with certain SEO agencies and SEO for anyone who's no search engine optimization, which is pretty much what makes Google like you and show your website to people searching. But I, I've definitely seen some tactics where people are just figuring out, okay, let's let's make the title of this blog or this video about this, but then they kind of skirt around really answering that. So I think it's important if you're going to be putting out content that you actually make sure you're answering the questions that your title says it's going to be. Uh, yeah, don't make your title like four ways to fix a broken pipe. And then you're just kind of saying like, you have to call me. <laughs> you want to actually give them some real tips. And at the end, like if those don't work, then, you know, call us. Or if you want a professional to do it, if you're too scared to do it yourself, unless you get a little soft CTA in there, but we can, we can get to the CTAs later. But yeah, having quality content is definitely important, first of all. And to differentiate it from your competitors, like you said, going that one step further, if you add on to that like keyword search, now you're saying like for residential areas or for businesses, you might have less people searching those terms or less people interested in, in that, but you're going to have higher quality of people that are reading that and interested in that. So once you have your like bigger pieces kind of done, that's when you want to start narrowing down even further or within an article or within a video, get the high level and then drill down each time to also hit those people that are searching for a very specific problem. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing you mentioned earlier was why businesses see it as difficult to make all this content. And, and you gave a fantastic response to that about okay, it's hard to track the ROI on it. So um, I'm going to ask you about this. So how can businesses get better at tracking the ROI of their content? Because they're going to want to justify it, right? Like it might be difficult to be like, okay, I put out a piece of content, I get 20 or 50 more, a thousand more visitors. Okay. But how should businesses be approaching it? Because I think before these start making content, even it is a consideration, right? If it's keeping them from making it, then it's very likely that they're going to want to be like, okay, do I have to buy some fancy mega tool out there to 
you know, track my content? Or are there ways a business can have some idea of how their content is performing? Yeah, well, I would default back to you for a lot of these. <laughs> Our uh, analyst over here, but <laughs> Kevin put together all my reports for me at CallSource. Uh, definitely a Google website. I'm assuming you have Google Analytics. There is a lot of free training on Google Analytics out there. If you could take the time or someone on your team could take the time to do like the most basic ones, like seeing how are customers coming into your website. So if you start making blog articles, you could start seeing, are they finding your website through those blogs or are they, you know, finding you from searching plumbers near me and they go to your website and then you see where they're jumping around on your website. Are they going to some of those pieces of content? And then what happens after that? Are they dropping off? Are they clicking on, are they filling out the form for information? Are they calling you? If you have call tracking numbers on certain pages on there? Are they calling from that number that, you know, they found you through there? If you're sending something out like a direct mail piece, again, if you have a specific phone number on there that you could attribute back to that, uh, that could help. I mean, even, even though it's a little more traditional advertising, you could say like having content on your work trucks or having a billboard or having certain pieces over there, you could provide more than simply Here's, you know, $50 off your first appointment with us, that ad, you could have something knowledgeable for them in there too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know it was a little bit of a technical question, but I want to, so I was really curious how you would answer because, you know, tracking is important, at least knowing, right. Okay. How many people are, have seen this? Cause let's say you spend tons of money making a piece of content and you don't promote it properly then in some essence, it's like, okay, well, if only five people or maybe only internal people saw this thing, <laughs> that it's like a, man, there's a big swing and a miss to me. So, and then if you do have something that tons of people saw, just like you mentioned, okay, well, how did they see that? What, what traffic brought them there? What format, what channel, what, what is it about that that drove so many to it? And then the lifetime of the content is also maybe a possible consideration. If you're like, okay, I'm going to slap this on my, my car, my truck, my a billboard, uh, whatever. And it's going to be on there for, you know, t 10 months, let's say, or years. Then, you know, in that span of time, that's a long time to, to get the return. You can track the return on all this stuff. Like you mentioned, there's tracking numbers, there's QR codes, which provide tracking. There's website analytics. Google analytics is free. And yeah, there's a little bit of a learning curve. But you could probably Google, okay, how to track, you know, content on my website. And there's answers for that. And it's actually not too complicated. And you can get some basic reports going. Now, how you turn that into ROI, right? Between content and ROI is a conversion to me. It's like always in there. So like you mentioned, okay, if they fill out a form, they call, they chat, they visit a site, and they have some interaction with you, or they go to a place all those things are the conversion point and you could say, okay, those, I know those came from content. And then once I have them, you know, as a conversion, now I could see that they bought something from me and then you have that picture and it's so awesome. And then you could go, okay, if I can get ROI on my content and I have these questions, then I'm ready to start making this stuff. So <laughs> a, a question I think I've heard a lot is look, we're a small company. 
I'm the owner and there, there's not a lot of us. How on earth are we going to make the volume of content that we would like to make? How, how is that going to work? Like they look at it like, I'm just, I'm the only one that's going to write this, or I'm the only one that's going to create this. I don't know if I can ask my other employees. I don't know if I could, if I should go outside my company to ask people to write. How do small companies get the content made? Yeah. So once a company kind of realizes or accepts like, okay, content is going to help me and is willing to start producing content then yeah, that's definitely another barrier uh, of entry is people being like, I don't know how to do that. Or, you know, I'm not a great writer, so I can't write a blog post or this or that. And look, yeah, some people aren't (laughs) and that's okay. You don't have to have, if you only have a few people there, you don't have to have the perfect, you know, grammatically correct. Everything is by the book blog if it's like a personal voice and they know that could be to your benefit also it's like wow the owner of this company is writing this on here and helping out if there's only a few of you i would say put time into your schedule block some time out even if it's once a week or once every other week like okay the end of the day on friday for 2 hours i'm going to i'm going to start figuring out like what are those questions from customers and write some answers to that. Even if it's you make an FAQ page on your website, that's going to help people. If you absolutely don't want to do that, make videos then. Have your tech at the on a call, like walk through something they're doing and make a YouTube video that you can then share. You could just do smaller little, if a blog post seems like very overwhelming, just start making your social media and write little posts twice a week or once a week some kind of like regular schedule of sharing. If you find out maybe there's someone on your team who does like writing or does have some ideas outside of what you would think that could help you out that you may have never considered as that person. There's that's all free, obviously, if you're using people internally, if you absolutely do not see a way of making any sort of content internally. There's websites that you could hire people for fairly cheap, like Fiverr.com. There's Writer Access. I know you can get freelance writers on there. But if you search, there's so many websites. And you could you could get a good piece of content, have a whole outline of what you want from a blog or, or from social media posts written for you for fairly cheap. Yeah, I, I really like all that. I am always an advocate of, look, you have people that work for you in your company. Maybe put up the suggestion or make it a requirement that you'd like everyone to write an article once per quarter or something, depending on what the role is and stuff. And and give them, pose them the question, right? If you're a dentist, pose them a question like, why do you think people are afraid of coming to the dentist? Why is it important to go to the dentist? Or Give them the list of questions that you have figured out, I think, or ask them, what have you heard? What are the main questions you hear? Okay, okay, come up with five, write about one. I think using your internal resources is, I would go to almost primarily first. After that, got to know there's other resources like you mentioned out there. And if you don't mind, I mean, you have a pretty good story about evolving roles, (laughs) Maybe you could share how you went from you know one role to now entering into the content world for us. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I might be different because I was like trying to get there. But hey, maybe you're maybe someone you have at your front desk is the same thing. They really want to write and they want to do if you have a good self-starter sort of person working for you, that's the best. Yeah, I uh so I started at call source and customer care. I moved out to California and was like, I need a job. So I was in customer care. But I had my like English degree and creative writing. So I knew that's what I ultimately wanted to do. Once I was uh, account manager, business advisor, I just started creating some content on my LinkedIn that I thought would be helpful for some of our customers. If you start getting questions enough in a certain position, like I said, it's to your benefit to make content for that. Do you want to keep reiterating the same thing over and over? Why not just write it down? And then you have a document that you could share with people or like read off of. It's going to make your life easier. It's going to be beneficial for the the customer as well. So I started creating some of those documents when I was a business advisor. This is before CallSource even really had a marketing team. If you're a small business, you probably don't have a marketing team. So you have to just be your own little marketing team. As I started writing those and we had marketing, I, I wiggled my way into, into our marketing team at CallSource. So that's how I got in there. And maybe you have someone on your team like that, that you're not, you don't even know they have these uh, skills that you could be utilizing. And if they have a little downtime now and then to work on some extra things, maybe even like you said, it might be hard to like force people to do stuff. I feel like, Hey, if someone gives us, we'll have a raffle or you get a little $50 bonus gift card for doing this or figure out ways to incentivize people to want to help you create some content. And I also want to mention it's a different type of content, but don't, don't sleep on user-generated content as well. Your customers are going to give you some of the best quotes and some of the best content that you're going to want to use. Testimonials. Make sure you have a Yelp page. Make sure you have whatever review platform is known in your industry, like Angie's List for certain people. But taking information from there and weaving that into your content as well, it's just further social proof that you know, your company knows what you're talking about and your customers trust you as well. Yeah. The user-generated content mention is really key. I, gosh, that can be such a hard one to figure out, but when you can figure out the ask, I think, and you figure out, okay, when am I going to ask? How am I going to ask? If you have those things figured out, then you can get the user generated. Getting someone to leave a review for you is fantastic. <laughs> it's a big deal to be able to get a fairly strong stream of incoming reviews coming in. You can incentivize it and be like, hey, everyone, you know, whoever gets the most reviews <laughs> in this period of time, we've we've done this too. What what tends to happen is it falls off and the contest isn't running. So it's like, okay, well, how do we get this process so that it's sustained and it's going? Because user-generated content, like you mentioned, is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you have like an office that people are coming into, having a little thing in there, like I said, you can incentivize customers or patients leave a review. Of course, you cannot. It's not like legal to say, give me a five-star review. And then you get this required. Uh, you can only ask for their opinion, whatever that opinion may be. Uh, or like I said, a proactive way. If, if you have yeah, text going out to a house that they have on their card, like leave me a review. And you could have contests or it could always be something like that. I think it's easier to be ongoing. Every review you get, you get 
point towards this or you get a gift card here always. And on your website, of course, just having on there places for people to leave reviews. The thing is, you just want to be, it sounds like bad to say, be in people's faces, but you're not in their face so much because people go all over the place. The more that they see you, if they see something on your website and then they see it when they search on Google and then they see it on Facebook, then you just stay in people's minds more, especially when you're delivering content that they enjoy, that they're learning something from. So getting those reviews, there's a lot of organic ways to get them. You just have to put in that little, little bit of effort. Let's say we've checked off, like, I look at it like, okay, there's content. And when users generate the content for you, that might be like the dream scenario. That to me would be like ultimate. Like if they are willing to like make a video for you, write an article for you, share their experience and just talk about what they experienced to help you know other people make that decision, that's huge. And on the, the least, let's say the least valuable to me is just the company brand talking about itself. Like to me, that's that's fine. But it's not nearly as powerful, I think, or as valuable or as interesting to people who are online who are, you know, everyone's researching everything. So the best kinds of content to me are closer to user generated. But there is in between stuff. And like you mentioned, like the owner of the company, the doctor who runs the clinic or who works there, doctors in the industry or someone of renown, kind of like influencers, right? There is influencer in some industries, in some industries, it gets a little foggy, like what the heck would an influencer be in the plumbing space? But there are, there are home service influencers. They look at people and go, oh yeah, like I would trust it if they told me things. So there are, there might be opportunities to tap into influencers. It's not exactly like you go out and you shop for people to influence. So I'd say it's a little difficult to find an influencer to be like, oh yeah, I love this brand or this company or this service and this I, I always go to them especially when you're a local small business but you as the owner might be seen as like the influencer because you started this business you stand behind it so maybe you're a pretty good influencer of it but do you have any ideas or tips or anything in that influencer category because i'd say it's still better than the brand itself talking and it's but it's not quite as good as the consumer end of the day well, one of the things you said too, that's super important to point out is don't just talk about yourself. That's not good content marketing. You don't want to say, here's my company. And this is like, you know, you want to show people what you do and what sets you apart, what are your unique value propositions. But ultimately it has to be like, people, people don't care about what you do. People care about how are you going to help them with their need? So that's what you need to show in your content. That's why you're not saying you know, five reasons why XYZ company is the best plumber to have. Who's going to want to read that? They want to see five ways to help fix your toilet. <laughs> um, I just keep going with the plumbing thing, but they want to see how, how can you help them? How are your services something that's going to benefit, make their life easier? That's all they're looking for. They're not looking for information about you. And some brands try to be like very brand centric about themselves. And you need to, you need to just talk in you, not an I. If you see that you're writing and you have an email, or you have a blog post saying, we, 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 we do this. We could help that. We're so great. You got to switch those around to you. 
like you have this need and you know we can help you fix it but ultimately you should always make sure you're like talking to the consumer not talking about yourself so that is something that some people do incorrectly so when you said that um i definitely want i forget what your second question was now but (laughs) yes influencers yeah like you said, you don't have to have an outside influencer. Your owner or someone yeah, on your team could be your little influencer. If you're someone that has this knowledge and you have X amount of years experience, you know what you're talking about. You're an influencer. They should trust you, especially if you are providing content that shows you're trustworthy and that you do know what you're talking about. Then someone might start following you. Maybe, yeah, maybe even for your socials, you have a specific person that that gives that little personal touch signs off or, you know, like, Oh, Hey, it's Bob here, owner at XYZ plumbing. And here's your Monday tip. Like, there you go. Now they're looking out for Bob's Monday tip (laughs) on their Facebook. You could even join if you're very local Facebook groups that people are in that you could organically, not like salesy things promote the super promotional, but you could post some of your, share some of your blogs in there, or some of your videos in there for the community or figure out like what is on the community. Nextdoor is like a cool app. You can post little things on there. And if you're just sharing for the sake of sharing information with people, then they're going to find. If you're sharing just so that you could make that sale, that, that's going to come across. So you want to really just provide that value. And is there someone, is there someone in your community that people do pay attention to and listen to, then maybe how could you get a collaboration with that? Maybe you can get a guest post on your blog from them or just a quick little interview that you could share. Maybe it's even just a person that you know, if you know your audience really well, like we said, we we talked about getting to know like what they listen to, what do they read, who's following you if you have social and then who are they following? There's so many like mommy influencer blogs, you know, they'd have stuff around the home. Maybe someone like that even saying we used this company and we loved them. That's enough. Or like they did this for us. They look at this article they shared. Um, that's an influencer. It doesn't have to be people hear influencers and they think of celebrities or super famous and like a local person as your influencer is probably going to work better for your small business because it's more like locally trusted in the community. When you've got your sources figured out, like, okay, I'm going to create this and you have the question figured out and you have the idea of how you're going to report on it, figured out. Then it gets to the point where it's like, okay, well now we're going to create this. Someone's going to write this or whatever, but how do I make it better? How do I make it as great as it could possibly be? And there's, there's components of, I think virtually almost every piece of content. And that is, there's almost always like a punchline headline question. There's, there's almost something that leads. There's sometimes like a visual, there's sometimes like a video, there's something, you know, of showy contextualness, not always then there is almost always like the body of it, right? The meat of it, the answer, the response, the whatever it is. So if there's like these three components, let's say we just make it very simple, right? But if we break it, if we have those three pieces, how does a business go? Okay, now I have my process in mind. How do we make the best content possible? Yeah, so I would just suggest start with a blog. Make a blog post. Except have your 20 questions that you know people are asking written down. 
and have break those out into you can make little like here's a centralized like a little web here's like a main question and then what are some questions that would come off of that question that are related and build your blog like around this little content web and you could even there's like free websites i think to make little webs like that too so say if you're doing like why is my toilet leaking here's your blog article why is my toilet leaking what's all the questions that can come out of that Make sure you write all those down. So why is my toilet leaking? That's going to be your title, maybe. So put that into Google. Look at page one. Click on every single article on page one and see what is their title and what are all their little subheaders in there. And write them down for every article. Okay, of course, what's in the number one spot? You want to make sure you're answering all the questions they are. But then you also want to go further and add even more. What are all the other articles asking or talking about as well? So that you could have like a mega piece here that's talking about every possible scenario. And also if you're Googling just like other questions people ask about that, that's a really great part to utilize. But even just using the other questions people ask, just have like every variation of that in your blog. And then you could, you could break out into smaller pieces from this one piece and repurpose just some of those little sections. And you know how people read, you don't want to have a big chunk, just like one long paragraph. No one's going to want to read that. So no, think of how you read an article. I mean, even in journalism newspapers, I think their, their paragraphs could be only two sentences long before you have a line break in the next paragraph. So try to play with that. Use your headers for each que like question, answer, question, answer. And they're also going to like that in Google too. So when they're, you know figuring out if you have a good article and that's how you might get some of those like top search parts or like the small snippets that shows just one little part there that you're answering really well. Also forums like Quora, or, I mean, if you go on Reddit, if people are asking questions, answering in there could also help or be good research for you to see what other questions people might be asking that you should include in, in that blog article. So even if you have, if you make this one big, you do one a month or one every other month of like on a certain topic, then you have, you should have enough content you can pull from there for all your little social media posts or making a video on something, or you could use, um, there's some tools like Canva. If you want to make a small little infographic that you don't have to be a graphic designer to figure out because I'm not a graphic designer. I've done little things on there. I'm like, I'll write the words and give it to someone else to make it look pretty. There's ways that you can figure out to make other little make if you want if you have an Instagram and you want to pull a quote out, make that a little image for your Instagram to share or Facebook, and then people like that little quote and now they want to click in and read more. Making that larger piece on a specific topic that really just dives as deep as it can into that topic is going to help you give you more content to then reuse from there. You don't need to feel like you need to create a whole new piece of content every single week or every single time that you're sharing something. So let's say the business loves this idea and they want to start making content. Well, let's say they're not the smallest type of business. Let's say that they're considering, hmm, I'm thinking I'll just, I will hire a content manager to oversee content. So. If you could, since you've exhibited this role, <laughs> what are some things, some, some very important things a business owner should contemplate 
before they hire and what type of content manager should they be looking for? Like what aspects of that do you think would help a business achieve its goals of not just content, but of growing their business with content? It's a good question. <laughs> but yeah, if you're like willing to dedicate time to content and we want to make a plan and you want to hire someone to do that, you should at least have an idea of what kind of content do you think you need? Do you have any content to begin with to work off of or no? Like an audit of what do you even have that's possibly considered content? Do you have a website? Do you have these social media profiles that you'll be sharing content on? Do you have people to share something in print? Do you, what you already have, it might be nothing. And then what do you want to have? So do you want a blog that's going to gain readers? Are you going to be using paid ads to get those? Or are you just trying to do everything organically and, and figure out like what, what's your end goal? And you can't say, you know, in three months, I want to have X more customers from having this content. That's not really a realistic goal. Break it down. And so we're going to, you know, we're going to write one blog per week on getting through these 25 questions that we have. So over the course of the first two quarters, we're going to have blogs that answer all these main questions we get a lot. And from there, you want to make sure that you start internally linking to your different blogs. You want to be having a plan to share them and your content manager should be able to handle all that for you. They have to get to know your business, get to know your customers and see what are they interested in? What kind of content are they going to actually find beneficial? And how are they going to perform and making those different types of content, right? Because not everyone's going to want to read a blog article. So if you're only doing blog articles, that's good. It's a good start. But then from there, how are you going to share that in different ways? And I, I would recommend if you're starting off with content, you want to get more of that evergreen content, which is, you know, content that can be used at any time of year. So that like, like, why is my toilet leaking? Versus after you have some of those basic evergreen content in place, then you can go off with more seasonality, like why to protect your roof every spring? Why to get your roof cleaned every spring? Someone might be searching at a specific point in time. So kind of outlining those. Here's the basic content needs we have, the questions that we need to answer that our customers care about. And then breaking out from there, like even more uh, specific topics that are going to help your business, help your customers, potential customers and help people find you and, and how to share those so that people are finding you. Oh, that's some really great ideas. I think it, it would be really helpful for businesses to have someone like that instead of having to do it all themselves. I think it helps to have someone who's responsible for that and for the business to be able to look at that as like, okay, this could really, you know, overwhelm the ROI of what it costs to just get started with this. I'll do a quick summary about some of this stuff. And then if there's anything I missed, you can It'd be great if you could like chime in on there. So I look at it like this. First of all, a business is not going to sustain and survive if they're only advertising to get everything they do. I think they've got to have some organic. They've got to have word of mouth. They've got to be able to grow their business without spending money on every single thing they get. And to, to get to that point, 
I think even the smallest business needs to be considering how am I going to be putting out some content that delivers value, that answers the questions, that uh, provides solutions, that, that puts me as a source of trust in my consumer, my market, my customers, my patients that I'm going after. And I think that that is initially where it starts. Then it's like, okay, what, like you mentioned, Cassie, what do I have? What assets do I have already? Okay, what do I, what kinds of things do I need? How big is that gap? You know, to start out with, to get the evergreen, to get the foundations out there for the main questions, the main stuff that you, you know, want to go, want to tackle, the main uh, value you want to provide. And then it's, okay, I need to track this. I need to make sure that if I'm going to spend this money, if I'm going to spend money promoting it, spend money to create it, I'm going to get some return. So then, you know, I need to learn a little bit of Google Analytics. I need to make sure that my web profiles, social profiles are in place. I think that's a, a consideration. And then finally, okay, now should I hire someone? Which is, I think, why I, it was a good thing that we talked about that. Okay, no, then I'm going to do it. Okay, who's going to make this content with me? Me, my team, my company. I got to pull you know resources from everywhere I can if I don't have a person dedicated to this. And when it comes to making the content itself great, I think you really highlighted some great things. Think about the customer, put it in your voice, consider the, the question and what you know about them and what value you can provide them helps to make that content. And as you get better at making that content, meaning as you make more and more of it, you might learn some content works better than others, some, some things that are working better than others. Here's what's working you know, in the top, like Google results, like you said, here's the things they're tackling. And at the end of the day, I think that all sets you up for producing great content, even when you don't have the vast resources or maybe even the proper processes of refining content. It gives you a really good head start. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And as you were saying, I was thinking too, even though content marketing is not about selling, you also should still take advantage of when you are writing this blog article, make sure to like promote yourself a little bit at the end and show, you know, why are you a leader in this? And why do, why do you know what you're talking about? I own this business and look, we can help you do this too. The CTA. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do you need those CTAs? I don't know if your business is utilizing email. I would recommend that as well. If you are a business that needs repeat customers, I'm sure you're going to have lulls, certain seasonalities that are as busy as others. So maybe use that time to create your content when you know you're going to be crazy and you're trying to get people in. If it's, again, roofing for like five reasons that you should hire someone to clean your gutters every winter and you're emailing that out, people might be, oh, maybe I should, yeah, I should schedule an appointment and get my gutters cleaned. And the more that you're talking to your customer base, the more, again, they're going to remember you when it does come time that they have that need and have a little yeah, soft CTA at the end of your blogs for your contact page or lead them to a different blog, internal linking of if they're curious of that, oh no, here, let's find more over here. So take advantage of of those still without being, you know, only about trying to get them to use your service. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really great. I totally had skipped over the the CTA, but the, the call to action enables that conversion point to leap from content into revenue tracking. So that's a big deal. And we didn't want to miss that. 
there's a lot in this topic. It's a deep topic to get into it. But I think we covered a lot of like the basics that a, that a business, especially a smaller business, might want to get started with. Let's say there are additional questions. There's people who are maybe like, you know what? I, I was thinking about this the whole time. How can people reach out to you, Cassie? How can they find out more about you or connect with you or what you do or anything like that? Yeah, anyone could find me on LinkedIn, Cassie Sayaprina. My LinkedIn is, uh, you could search me on there. I have my contact information or even if you want to reach me on my work email address, my LinkedIn is a C-C-I-O-P-R-Y-N-A. And yeah, you can reach me, you can message me on LinkedIn, connect with me on there email me. Happy to help. It's awesome. Thank you so much, Cassie, for coming on and diving into this topic. We'll have to do it again. <laughs> yes, I know. Exactly. If we get questions, I'd be happy because I know certain things go all over the place. So yeah, thank you everyone for listening and chiming into this uh, wonderful episode on how small businesses make great content. So I hope to catch you again later. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.